You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 146. city of splendors in the tribunal in the guild the merchant guild tribunal hall i'm now saying is what this building is called the legal battle rages on between mock and pubis before the panel of four tribunal judges whose job it is to consider the case that mock has brought forward to them today about clearing Primarily about clearing his name and perhaps regaining some amount of his assets lost from his past transgressions. An entire day of arguments have been presented, considered, refuted, and an evening passed during which Pubis had come to mock with a most curious offer. A steal this thing for me from bad guys and I'll give you everything back. There's definitely nothing fishy about this at all, I promise. Mock was not convinced. Now, I believe we ended last time in that kind of evening setting was I before I moved just the next day of the tribunal, which is the easiest way to go, I just wanted to double check if there wasn't anything that anyone, mainly looking at Luke here, had specifically wanted to do before the next day of the tribunal. Um, <clears throat> so, pubis. Or, or you know what? Um, I yeah, could I, tell you, you the things that I did to prepare in the moment in which I present them. I think that's better. I okay. like that. Yeah, flashback. That's better. Uh, yeah, flashbacks are are welcome um, to 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 kind of fill in exposition. Real quick, um, Greg, have we decided how many days this trial is going to go? So it's a little up in the air. It was a little up in the air. I had originally um, planned on two, but I wasn't sure if that would feel too short. Um, but I think two is probably feeling good. Let's say that it, officially it's two. Um, but arguments um, and uh, cases being raised, uh, you know, who knows what happens. Surprise witnesses. These proceedings. Mm-hmm. You, cool. you talk about a tiebreaker, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a P3. Yeah. A cool crafting tiebreaker thing sounded uh, pretty neat. Yes, there is a tiebreaker element. So I want to do two over, things. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Could you go over real quickly just um, the final, since, since it's potentially the last day, the final voting system it's if we're yeah i'm going to go over two things which is the uh um the the quick overview of the mechanics um for how this little tribunal works in a in a numbers from a numbers perspective and the second is have everyone uh just quickly read out their the the judges have you read out your uh character personalities your little one sheets and then the third thing out of the two things i wanted to do was um Oh, go over the. Oh, something I wanted to talk about uh, 
pausing and uh, out of character discussion. So I'll do that last. So first, the mechanics. So um, we're using the hit points on these tokens to represent the disposition towards mock, right? So 10 means they are fully sided with mock's case um, and they would side with mock in a final decision. Um, one or zero, it goes from zero to 10. Um, zero would mean uh, siding with pubis. Uh, the way it works is at a nine or a 10, or a zero or a one, you're essentially your final vote is like locked in by the mechanics, right? If you're at nine or ten, that means that judge is you get you've got their vote. Um, anywhere in between, from three uh, to eight, comes down to the players, the role players' uh, discretion in in the final uh, arguments. And when we get to that, we'll do we're going to do an extra like final argument phase and i'm actually going to leave it to the role players to decide you know maybe maybe the whole final arguments are going to be the you know the 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 full sway if you're still stuck in the middle um and other than that oh and if it comes down to a tie because there are only four tribunal members it will go uh, by by tradition it goes to a craft off um run oh, by the right. run by the guild uh, that oh, yeah. is that the dispute is specifically related to, which in this case would be uh, jewelers and gem um, cutters. Gem cutters. I, I can't remember the exact guild name. <clears throat> Should probably know that. Um, Dan, you have a question. Is the decision making amongst the four uh, guild masters uh, blind, or is it like a jury discussion thingy? <clears throat> um, in true role-playing game spirit, um, it will be in whatever format uh, it creates the most uh, drama and arguing. So... Mm. Jury room. Uh, that being said, I do, want it to, I do want it to actually go to a completion. Um, mm. So it will be... Uh, it'll be public so that people can snipe and yell at each other, but it will just be, you know, cast your vote. I, I, I feel cool. like something... A little bit of both might help, where rather than just be open discussion, that's hard to. We could be have a structured thing like every judge gets the, their their chance mm -hmm. to stand at the podium and say something, and then maybe each makes a decision after hearing all the rest of the judges. I don't know. Just this is like a twelve angry men kind of a thing. We're like, all right, we do a vote, and then you voted for this person. Da 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 da. And the knife was the same. All that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Florian throws a knife <laughs> under the table. <laughs> Um, I had one thing to clarify to you. Um, yes, go for it. Not trying to interrupt. So, uh, question was in carrying from day to the next. So, um, is is there any sort of kind of culture or kind of established um, kind of structure where the arguments of yesterday were of yesterday, and we're expecting to kind of reopen things anew, or is this truly just a continuation <clears throat> of the discussion? Um, you know, I think. Uh, I think Mock is still responding to some of the things that were said the last time Pubis was talking. What, what's, what's kind of more in the spirit, or does this matter at all? I'm a little confused by the question. Like we had this break from one day to the next. Yeah. It, it's just literally just picking right up where we left off in the case. My thought would be, this is the same chess game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the dispositions are the same. And yeah. it's uh, this time it'll be uh, Pubis will get to do opening arguments because it was Mock opened last time. Am I getting that right? Mm -hmm. I think yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mock opened last time because he's bringing the the request for a change from the status quo. Um, today Pubis gets to uh, make the first argument. So we'll go Pubis Mock Pubis. 
Pubis mock pubis. Pubis and mock mock pubis pubis. Well, there's responses, but it's who puts yeah. forward the argument. That's the language of an alien species on Star Trek. And, and, you're, smock, smock, and smock, smock, you're supposed smock, to smock, you're supposed to respond uh, to the other person's argument when you're doing your response, but that's yeah. just what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, and uh, we'll do the we'll do the uh, uh, the readouts of the personalities real quick uh, for the refreshers. Hang on, I'm... oh, that's my ear, not my headphones. Well, that's more annoying. Um, Mura. Bromwood. Should I go now? Uh, yes. Said real quick. Go, yeah, I was. Yes. Lura. Go for it. Bromwood only speaks in yelling. That's what I'm doing because we can't really yell through Discord. She hates fair play. She constantly looks for the loophole. And she is an alcoholic, though she's only drinking water, though she drinks a lot of it. It. Oh, that's it. All right. Uh, next is uh, Mercy Cindershield. Mercy Cindershield. She wants a simple and elegant solution. She is very patient. She is very slow to trust other people. She is practical and likes finding direct solutions to problems. She hates braggarts and liars. She'll love pubis. Um... <laughs> Godrum Brewbuckle. Godrum wants the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. He always goes straight to the point. He has a temper. He can't stand laziness, and he does not like change. He's just a boomer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, and finally, obviously, not least... Uh, Florian Gustav Versk the third. The star of the show. Florian Gustav Versk the third wants to finally be taken seriously. Uh, he has an extreme case of imposter syndrome. He hates being bullied. He second guesses everything, or, or does he? Uh, he has very little practical experience, so he fakes it. Till he makes it. He'll, All right, he'll be doing it for a while. Um, he has a crush on a pig. Thank you all for that. The one <laughs> other thing, best uh, friend's a dog. The one other thing I wanted to say is, when presenting your arguments and such, uh, I love when we stay in character for as much as we can. Keeps the energy of back and forth going. But I do want to remind that uh, you're always welcome to, uh, and this especially goes for Luke, who is obviously less familiar with our game style and structure. Um, but, you know, for anyone, you can always uh, pause for out of character, either to clarify something out of character, like, hey, this thing that I'm saying, I want it to be true, it to have actually happened. You know, because there's a lot of... Um, Wait, is this a truthful thing? Especially pubis, right? Is this a truthful thing he's saying, or is this, or is this like made up? How should people take it? It's totally okay to like just pause and be like, the, "Here's the background here." Or we talked about flashbacks. Um, is also an extra fun way to to fill in some um, context if needed. Um, so really, it's just an invite to you know, if there's a confusing thing you want to clarify a, a, a truth that is in, already established in our world, um, can always do that. 
you know, in service of playing the character better. Uh, there's always that problem that, you know, barely any time has passed in the world compared to how much time has passed in our real world. Uh, and we're only living this world for three hours a week while the characters are living it 24-7. So uh, refreshers and reminders and filling in the uh, details that your characters would certainly be familiar with uh, is always welcome. And uh, I think that's it. I think we can uh, get f get moving forward on the actual scene. Day <coughs> two of the tribunal commences shortly after dawn. That's really early. <laughs> shortly after dawn, as Lura, Mercy, Godram, and Florian are already at their positions, at their stations, when uh, Mock and Pubis arrive at the tribunal hall uh, this fine morning. I can't remember the voice I did. You know what? It's a different one. It's a different, different. moderator because mm -hmm. the, the, moderator. the moderator's Nixon. not important. Oh, it's been a long time since I've done Jolly Nixon. Jolly. Welcome to day two of this most auspicious, <laughs> most auspicious tribunal. Mock, I love that you're throwing a little southern there. Mock Fohammer <laughs> has come to you today to ask you to to see to to to, to see fit to strike. His charges as being done and paid for, and his name and honor restored in the books of the City of Splendor. And, uh, let the games commence! Pubis, you have the first argument. <laughs> and then he skulks into the corner. We're firing that man back in, later. Back into the shadows. <clears throat> Pubis hitches up his drawers, his belly jiggling uh, authoritatively uh, as he waddles towards the front. Esteemed guild masters, yesterday I believe that I provided all relevant data to establish me as the true owner of Hawks Regalia, a business which has thrived in this city over these past 40, 50 years under my leadership and uh, before taking ownership, uh, it really was a symbol of back uh, shadow dealings. Uh, and I might add, uh, again, has been deeply involved with many of your individual enterprises. And I will illuminate more upon this fact during today's proceedings. I would like to start, however, today with um, a character witness. This may be anecdotal, however, I would like to prove uh, without any doubt that my presence here in the city, while perhaps not as expert in crafting as Mock, uh, the value that I bring far exceeds that of simply what can be done with a pair of hands, though I am prepared to demonstrate that as well. Uh, so without further hesitation, I would like to bring forth 
my next witness. So I'll hit a little pause here. Now this this is where I could do a little flashback and talk to you about what I was about the previous night to procure this witness. Uh, yeah, give us a give us a quick little vignette of uh, of who this witness is. Okay, so this is a character witness. I after I uh, struck out with Mock, I took my uh, lackey my dirty uh, monk who is with me on usually all sorts of sordid adventures. And we went from whore pit to whore pit from the filthiest bar to filthiest bar until we were able to finally dredge up the uh, lowly Godric brew buckle, son of Godrum brew buckle <laughs> who had been drinking and whoring his days away. Well known as the son of one of the most notorious guild masters in the city Huge disappointment and notorious whore master and um, complete drunkard. I spent the evening uh, filling his belly full of food, coffee, and all sorts of items to bring him to a uh, whiskey. anything I could besides whiskey. Putting gold in his pocket, I gave him a new job. You are now my head of all uh, dock trade work you are going to certify every shipment that comes across the docks you're going to certify everything that we do that's in going outgoing i trust you more than anyone i've ever trusted because i look at you as maybe a surrogate father the one you never had but don't put it just like that um, <laughs> you are truly inspired by your real father and it was only through this redemption that you were able to raise as high as you are now raised and his heavily lidded eyes maybe caught most of what I was saying, but I leaned in and all night long uh, filling his belly and pockets full of gold to prepare him for this um, this uh, testimony today. So that is the snapshot of what I'm about to prepare. Is that uh, within the flavor? Uh, out that of, is uh... perfect. Uh, oh, so were, were you planning on playing this character or interviewing I actually would like to roll the bones and Greg have you play him uh, because I hope Eric will cross-examine him during his response. Um, if we if we cannot roll bones on this, it's not worth doing. No, 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 so, no. no, no. We'll see what you do for you, and then I'll see what I need to do for me. <laughs> Mock takes out a head shaver. Wait. When, when you play with explosives, you don't know where they're going to blow up. You don't know. Um, okay, so we'll snap back to the trial. Like, I first would like to bring in one of my humble and well-serving employees, Godric Brewbuckle. And Godric, uh, go ahead, Greg. The door to the tribunal hall slams open slamming against the wall next to it, bouncing back and then slamming shut, and then immediately slamming open again as Godric. I need, uh, Kaelin, for you to give me a quick snippet of Godrum's voice. Um, he's like a gruff, lower-pitched, grumpy British guy. Well, I mean, do it for me. Okay. <clears throat> I just hate to put you on the spot. Let, no, no, let's see. Oh, the natural histories. We can't believe we've done so many great things. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you, Pobus. Um, and he looks around in the room, uh, trying to figure out where to walk to, and looking to Pubis with wide eyes. the <laughs> the. Uh, and then he just sits down on one of the chairs in the back of the room. Here, come, come forward, my boy. Yes, he yes. is so humble. Always <laughs> seeks to be in the back, and and Pubis waddles quickly over to grab the chair and bring it right up here in front of the uh, uh, the tribunal, but especially in front of Godrum Brewbuckle, who is f- fucking frowning. Yeah. Just like, hey, Dad, got a new job. Uh, his eyes flick to. Noble members of this tribunal. Godrum, uh, Godric, I appreciate you. To, God, he immediately interrupts him because he wants to keep this to like yes and no's. Because after a long evening of interviews, he realizes that this could be an amazing benefit for him or it could flip on him. So he wants to keep this in a narrow channel. He says... Godric, I have always valued our deep, trusting relationship. You have been extremely valuable to me in my growing operation here. And I'll say, though you may have had a bumpy past, my vision for you, he puts his hand on the shoulder, is a bright, prosperous, and looks at Godrum, and productive future. Yeah, I am. Good. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, and he puts his man. arm around. Good. He puts his arm around Pubis and says, "We're gonna do great things together." I think. I think we've heard enough. Uh, yes, yes, you're right. Not only have I entrusted Godric to many of my dock work operations, uh, of course, under my uh, close tutelage, it is my commitment to continue to teach him all the various trading ways, uh, understanding buying, selling, all the mercantile arts, so that he may finally embrace a prosperous future, perhaps one day even bringing grandchildren into the noble brew buckle line. And then leans into Godrum with this knowing look. Grandchildren. (laughs) After... (laughs) There are probably a lot of those out in the <laughs> after last. Yes, yes, after yes, last night. What? Huh? There shall certainly be more noble once we find you a proper match. But of course, we need to delve in, ladies and gentlemen of the tribunal. I I don't want to pressure my apprentice here anymore. His his skills lie in the actual implementation of his skills, not necessarily in sitting in with flowery words and in front of tribunals. In fact, I'll I'll commend him that he's done enough just by being here, taking him away yes, from I just his say he's students. done enough. He's done he's done quite a bit. They're um, teaching me how to tie knots at the docks. Uh, exactly, tying knots, one of the many skills needed uh, to measure the ways of grain and uh, of course, <laughs> precious metals involved in the regalias. Uh, Will you get to business. the point, Pupus? My my point here, uh, Lord Godrum, is that 
Godric here is simply one example of the many investments I've made into this community over the last 50 years, both with children that have been found without parents or guidance that I have uh, guided into various industries, Some uh, with some of you, um, <clears throat> guiding them to take on more noble and productive arts. Godric is simply the newest, but will be continued to be one of many over the next 50 years. Pubis is great. <laughs> you. Yeah, are... you gotta listen to him. He runs a real good business, and uh, I think he should he should get all the gold. <laughs> Whatever. Pubis tips his hat in clear agreement. Yes, indeed I should. That's the end of my argument. <laughs> no, further, no further questions. All right. And uh, we will now do uh, the roll. The, uh, is this, you, what, how, how do you all feel here? Do you feel this is more of a persuasion or uh, it feels like a persuasion to me? What was the second thing you were thinking? I think it's deception. It's deceiving. He's trying to deceive us it sounds It depends like on who he's targeting. Well, he said he's I think he's targeting Godrum. And then it's an intimidation <laughs> yeah. check. Oh, that, yeah. That's where I was yeah. leaning. Yeah. I, was I was thinking intimidation. Braggadocious menace. It's it's uh, it's deception. Like Obviously, there's deception and persuasion as involved. quick but. as it... <laughs> I could here, I could make question. this a problem for you. If I might add, Pubis made a lot of promises of the future for the sun. Um, does he intend to actually make that happen? Honestly, like, is is it deception or is it not? Absolutely. I mean, listen. If if, if Godrum continues to be an influential part in business dealings, then Pubis is not going to let Godric go. He's going to hold on to him, which will, in some ways, be leveraging him, but in other ways, leveraging him with industry. But it will be benefiting. Give us, it will yeah. definitely be benefiting him. Yeah, if if Pubis has the intention of long terms, I, I think he's embellished for sure. But it's less of a deception and more of a bribe. Yes. Let's let's call it. There we go. There's nothing deceiving about a bribe. <laughs> it's straightforward. An it's honest fact, it's bribe? straight to the point. An honest man's bribe. Uh. <laughs> I'm thinking intimidation. Do you like intimidation? Yeah. I'm All right. Bad. Roll intimidation, Luke. Oh wait, you can't. Um, right. Will the you, dice, I can't roll. Will the dice flick across the screen? Uh, and or? don't forget, you I do have it. you do have a, you have inspiration on one roll, so you just have to call. Oh, this is going to be the roll. Oh, there you this go. Is the one. <laughs> You're doing it. Roll it now. Go big. Here it is. Right, who can roll this one? I, I'm rolling it for you. Ready? Here yes. it comes. Oh. oh, that's a 19. Oh. Inspiration, man. <laughs> yes! That's a big boy. So that uh, <laughs> that ends up being a total of 22. That is did, a... Did uh, I pluck the heartstrings of Godrum Brewbuckle? So, uh, as, a, as a reminder, here's how it works, since we haven't done this. So, Godrum Brewbuckle will move... Uh, disposition will move down by three. Uh, and so that am I, I'm just going to apply that immediately so it's down by 3 that takes Godrum down to a 1 that is the first time we've had anyone in the in that minimum threshold I believe um, and now each of the four panel members 
uh, gets to decide if their disposition moves uh, up by one, stays the same, or moves down by one based on their personal reaction to these arguments that were just presented. Uh, let's do the same thumbs uh, uh, up, middle, or down that we did last week. Are the panel members ready? Do I do one? Oh, you yeah, yeah, one. yeah. You do one. You get to modify what it is. And, and up means make it higher. Oh, oh yeah. Up means you like mock more or you mo like, down means you ah. like mock less. Exactly. Okay. Up is good for mock, down is bad for mock. It's just that way it's consistent. Okay, gotcha. One, two, three, go. Okay, so that is, uh, that is Florian up. We've got uh, Lura down. Godrum is uh, neutral, so it stays at that three, and then it is Mercy up, right? I should have done these as I did that. Lura was down. Correct. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us the, you know, just one sentence of... Uh... <clears throat> if, it was, if it was deceiving, maybe she'd be trying to figure out if she was deceived or not. An upfront bribe is the greatest loophole, and it's definitely not fair play. <laughs> uh, Mercy went up by one. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Mercy went up by one. Um, yeah, she thinks it's odd that a family was brought into this. That it's uh, it is definitely, you know. I mean, she won't say it out loud because it's water deep and it's not necessarily the most uh, strict place when it comes to this. But it's definitely a conflict of interest thing happening here. That uh, you know, it's like wait, there's someone the character who, witness. It's just like, a character witness. I don't see a problem with it. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, you know, so she won't, you know, she won't speak out against uh, Godrum because, like, you know, they're co-workers. And she's trying to maintain a certain status quo, but her own opinions in terms of the case, you know, she she is seeing more and more differences between how Mock, you know, does business despite his past and also how Pubis is currently doing business. So, so you're saying Mercy is sitting there just being like, isn't the judge's kid on the board of directors? <laughs> like, what? Wait a minute. Why is no Wait, one else talking about this? Connection is it last name? Aren't we supposed to? Is everyone just? We're just going they forward with this. They carpooled here together. They carpooled here together. <laughs> they were all in the same van. Yeah, I have lots of employees. I just any, 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 mo. Just pick them. You can hear Mercy sipping her tea through her teeth. <laughs> Uh, Godrum Brubuckle um, takes the minus three from the roll, but not going up or down any additional. Uh, and then Florian, you went up by one. What's that? What's that all about? I have a hunch. <laughs> physical, inexperienced son of a... A, a, a judge. Well-connected individual. If, uh, if he starts to gain power, I may be associated with such another, such an inexperienced man. I cannot let them think me to be, I've gained this position through such bribes. Like he frowns on nepotism because he himself has his possession through nepotism. <laughs> yes. And is deeply distrustful of his own skills. He just may be unhappy about your thumb, but respects your position. <laughs> it's like there's deeply only room for one yes. unworthy son on yes. this council. If you just give the job to everyone's children, everyone, no one will know what to do. Uh -huh. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm barely Stop doing this. Um, 
okay, excellent. Uh, and Gotham, why were you uh, even? It's, it's, oh, sorry. It's, hmm? Go ahead. Oh, it, it's it's twofold. One, um, he he brought his son into the courtroom, which was incredibly embarrassing because he knows his son is a piece of shit. <laughs> and now everyone got to see the day after a drinking about uh, version of his son. So that was super great. Thanks, pubis. Drinking and whoring. At, right, right. <laughs> Mustn't forget. And... And there's a certain amount of... He doesn't want to look like he's been completely won over by this one thing. So if he went all the way to the end and was just like, no, absolutely, I won't listen to Mock anymore. Uh, there's there's a little bit of that. He doesn't want to appear swayed by this argument. So he's holding uh, back a little bit. <clears throat> all right. And now it is time for Mock to present any questions to the witness brought forward by Lord Pubis Stoneshaft. Uh, of course. <clears throat> he takes the stands. <clears throat> uh, masters, moderator. Uh, I Is he, he going to ask me questions? Yes, uh, let, <laughs> let's ask a few questions now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so that you might be on your way, uh, you, I'm, I'm sure, have uh, other things to be done as well. Uh, if you could spare some more time, uh, Master Godric. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, of course. As it, he keeps looking over at Pubis like rapidly. Yes, I. Pubis is starting I'll, to sweat. <laughs> I'll answer your questions. <laughs> I'll answer. Uh, uh, I'll. All of your questions? It looks at Pubis again. <laughs> he, he says, uh, uh, Mr. Godric, uh, you said uh, to your father when you arrived here that you'd gotten a new job. Uh, when did you enter into a business arrangement with uh, Master Pubis here? Um, well, you know, it's, uh, well, and he, he looks around and scratches his um, stubble. Ooh. And uh, he just stares right at pubis. And he says, it, it was, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know which drink it was after. But I mean, it was a long, a long uh, night. Day is not necessary. Has it been a week, a month, a year? Uh, what's what's closest? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, sometimes, oh, could you? And he looks behind him at Florian, and he leans over and he says, oh, "What, what day of the week is it?" It's a Florian. <laughs> Odin's day. Okay. Oh, well, I have to say, probably in a, a, a week, maybe no more than how many, how long were we drinking? 
he says to Pubis. Or he sort of Pubis. whispers it around Mock. <clears throat> Pubis looks at him and says, just just not willing to like overspeak and just <laughs> I, I mean it was it was sometime between yesterday and uh, the day that comes before that. I guess it's a new job. I got a new job, Dad. Yeah, you're new on the job. You're about to work your first day, but that hasn't come yet. Oh, I started learning the knots this morning. All right. Big thumbs up from Pubis. <laughs> I'm learning knots, so, Papa. So proud of you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's just trying to disappear behind his pint glass. He is beginning to sweat. He's beginning to sweat as beads of sweat drip down his forehead and into his stubble. And he starts licking some of the drops of sweat. <laughs> and Mock says to Godric, he says, uh, Mr. Godric, uh, it's really my only question. And I want to say that I do wish you the best in your new employ. Uh, dwarves, we are, we are long-lived creatures. And uh, means we have often long dark roads ahead of them, of, of us at times. I've walked my fair share, but the, the time of our lives will serve us to do many good things as we set our, our courses anew. It sounds like you're off in that direction. I, I do wish you the best in that. Godric and Dwarf? I, I forget. Sorry? Uh, yes, because yeah. Godrum uh, and God Mercy. From Mercy. Godrum okay, and Mercy are, are both dwarves, uh, and Godric, I assume, uh, Luke intended to be a dwarf. I, I do, however, question the sense in bringing an employee that has spent not a day on the job working for, for Pubis. I thought we were here to learn aught of his business dealings, aught of his strengths as a manager, aught of his skills. Uh, Master Godric has his future laid out at Hawks Regalia, but says nothing about uh, Pubis, his capabilities, or his, or his management. If anything, it says that he would rather hide that than bring forth any real information. But he leans heavily around Mock and says, Should I talk about... Who gave me a job? And I'm just a drunk. So that's a pretty good character witness. And Mock says... He says, uh, to win. The, 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 the ale may help for some things, but not for all things. He says, work your job, Godric. Oh, I, uh, I will. I, I, I will. I, if. <coughs> He's dead, sir. <laughs> uh, and then he leans in towards Mock and he says, if. If you. If you win, can I keep my job? Uh, does he say that to yeah, loud enough stage? that everyone can hear? Stage uh, it, it, it's it, it's a stage whisper, uh, gotcha. so <laughs> everyone can hear him. Mock says, uh, it, "It will be my duty to care for the business and the employees, and better than I did before. If, you, if you're employment of, employee of Hotragelia, when I." Take over charge. You'll be an employee that day, and we'll work towards your future. 
His eyes go wide and a smile grows on his face. He looks back to the judges and says, oh, he's not so bad either. <laughs> and then he looks wide-eyed at Pubis and says, I, uh, I, I mean, uh, 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 uh. He thanks him for his time and, uh, Maka, you know, I guess indicates to the moderator that he's his questions are finished. Is there a role in the rebuttal section? There is. Yeah. All right. Because I spend all of my time simply uh, speaking to witnesses called by uh, by pubis, by my my counterpart, and clearly my competition. I would say I would say more words addressing those things said yesterday by Peebus claims of the ability to acquire materials, the services he has provided to all of you. And I would say that whereas a crafter has his art to himself, and none other can mimic that quality, that style. My long life and road have taught me that money is money. And the money that one has can do no more or less than the same money that another has. Pubis claims wealth. Me with the same wealth would do as much or more. But I will tell you in terms of the acquisition of goods, allow me to give a taste of what I might be able to bring in terms of trade services to this town. And he takes out a small jar of paint and goes around to the front of the podium and draws what I would describe as like a cross section of a table on the floor, which extrudes into a four-legged table, which he then rocks down, boom, as a freestanding table in front of the judges. Holy shit. <laughs> Standing in the doorway, the alchemy jug too. leaving the tribunal hall <laughs> as the door is closing, Godric God yep. God just says, oh shit, I'm still drunk. And close the door. Oh, shit. <laughs> Ace in the hole. That's a Upon big ass table. This table that he has magically created. He begins Magic. to set out items from his journey. He puts forth a beautiful statue of a male drow. Next <laughs> to what is unmistakably the knife of a Dwergar. And says, the king's foes knife. of mine that were slain in the depths of the Underduck and prizes claimed from those battles. He then lays out an assortment of gems for, collected from cities, from Mirabar to, uh, to Silvery Moon, to, to Mithril Hall, to Skyclave. Gems from across the face of Faerun, placing then a sky opal at the top, uncut in the raw. Uh, next to that, he places, uh, yeah, and, 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 and then next to that, he stands himself with his, his, his armor kind of spread, and he says, these are materials that one does not easily acquire. They are evidence of my journey, evidence of my reach, and evidence of my business. I would invite you to come, inspect these wares, see if they are not quality, and of interest to you, fine judges. And he, he invites them to the table. 
Florian jumps out of his seat and it, then like stops, uh, looks back and sits back down until another judge stands up. Laura stands up. <laughs> uh, then Florian stands up as well. Go- Godrum goes around Florian and just is muttering like you wouldn't know what you were looking at. <clears throat> Mercy gets Florian up as well and inspects himself. All right, one I don't know what I'm looking at. He puts oh. down some of the, the slag, the leftover mithril used in the creation of the crown. Um, that, that, he, that he also put, because that was the last item. I knew there was one I forgot. Lura points at the sky opal and says, What is that? <laughs> what? What? <clears throat> and Godrum, being the only dwarf at the table, says, I'll see that. And he picks it up and he says, I, I believe. Is what is this? <laughs> Mercy is the is the uh, master of the gem cutters guild. Yeah, but she's not standing at the table yet. Oh uh, no, Mercy was pottery. Mercy pottery, pottery and ceramics. Right. Yeah, there there is no representative of the gem cutters guild here. Florian was in ch- enchantment. Is that right? Yeah, uh, but he does not know anything about enchantments. <laughs> I just from my re- my remembering, Godrum was what again? Yeah, if we could just review them all. That'd be great. Yeah, which, oh, which builds are they with? Uh, Godrum is with the uh, the stone workers. Stone workers and Lura. Old Town Dwarf's dwarf. Old Town Glass, great. I get their stuff in the weekly <laughs> okay. savings uh, yes. envelope. Old Town yes. Glass. <laughs> really good. A lot of windows. A lot of windows in Waterdeep. A, a lot of windows get broken. A lot of a windows. Mock <laughs> pulled his arm, responding to Allura. Uh, or to Lura and says... Uh, that's a that's a sky opal, something taken from the heart of a great tempest elemental. Uh, I've never seen one in my life before this journey, and I've never met anyone who is a master worker of them, which is why you see it in the raw before you. Lura, actually hearing this, is like impressed. She's not a gem worker, but she impressed as craftsman to craftsman kind of thing and looks over to is pubis where's pubis standing right now pubis is back behind back. the table um she looks to pubis um and doesn't say anything just like <clears throat> waiting for waiting for pubis to say anything like we see all this and then what's his response do you <laughs> she's Kind of motions like, and Sir Pubis, any is it my materials? Time? It is. It is not your legal time to respond. Uh, and, no and is Lura asking this despite knowing that? Yeah, it's totally obviously she. Yes. Say whatever. Uh, ah, she. She. She is calling is, out Pubis like out of order in response yes, call, to this yeah, being presented. Yeah. I love it. Pubis pipes up. Lady Bromwood, these are without a doubt extremely impressive spoils of adventuring. If we were sitting in the Adventurers Guild, no doubt these spoils would be extremely appropriate. In fact, I, I'm sorry my eyes fade me, but I do see some underdark trinkets, which seems to be thematically similar to what Mock has previously dealt in. So, this seems to be in line with... Uh, with, with the type of trade that Mach does. And if we were in the Adventurers Guild, no doubt uh, there would be many adventurers who've slain enemies and taken their trinkets. Laura, <laughs> eyebrows raised, looks to Mach. He says, 
What, how else do you, through legitimate, organized, and well-mannered means, pillage the riches of the dwarfs, the, the drow, and the dwergar? Do you shake hands with them, pubis? Do you invite them out to lunch and ask them for a reasonable rate? And he picks up the, the king's knife and he says, I slit the throat of this dwergar captain and took his blade from his corpse and have brought it back to civilization that we might make aught beautiful and worthwhile with it. And then looks back at Lura and he says, I don't know what sort of high-minded ideals you have about acquiring the riches of this world and bringing them to fair water deep, but I am here to get the job done. And the Adventurer's Guild, if you're good enough to live for the few years that allow you to see some of these riches, give you access to greater wealth and stories than you frankly ever have behind a desk. And that leaves me to my final point here. Pubis said, why trust Mock when he's only been here a day after my 40 years spent in business? I'll tell you that it was 40 years I spent to earn the right to be back here today. I've earned this trust that I ask you for over those 40 years, every day training myself to be the warrior I am and spending that time on the road, delving those dungeons and, and casting my fate far and away. He says, if, if the source of my wealth and if the stories that I tell are held against me, <laughs> you, you think Lord Neverwinter himself would have ruled this city and brought it to the glory that she has <laughs> by sitting behind a desk and casting insipid insults at adventurers? Please, you all know better. From my understanding, who were you calling out there? Uh, I, I, that happens at the end. Wait, no, 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 no. Who were you? You, you were saying someone was throwing insults. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Pubis. Pubis. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you I, talking I, about the adventure? I, I, t I totally misheard. I thought you said I thought you said Lura when you no, no, no. said that, and I got confused. Okay, I just misheard. Okay. No, no, no. Um. So, um, and then he he looks back to the the uh folks at the table who have had their hands on something and whatever they have in their hands, he says, feel free to keep it. Share, share with ah. others of your guild. Let them know, let them know of my quality and return you it if, if you need. Brian takes sure? a big ass knife back God to the Godrum has that sky opal. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> there's, there's pure mithril like probably no one in the council has ever seen on the table. And that's all, it's all there. Hmm. Father never let me have a knife before. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately he's puts like his finger on it. Oh, it's sharp. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like wraps it quickly in like a handkerchief. It's mine. You can't take it away. Oh. Well, We're gonna have a Florian Godric, uh, <laughs> incompetent child off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, no. At least Florian like got a knife so far. <laughs> oh yeah. He's armed now. <laughs> Mercy does yeah. not take anything. Yeah, Lura will also not not like turn her nose up at it. Just uh, just you know. <clears throat> I mean, if there was some nice glass. <laughs> Eric, let's go to Lura. You are uh, targeting Lura with your roll. Yeah. Alrighty. He's the big one too. 29. Felt okay. like persuasion to me. 
Oh, and you're going with the big one, right? The 29. You're going with the uh, uh, the portent, not the real, uh, the actual portent, but the crown. Invoking... I will be back in 30 seconds. I'll let you guys <laughs> yeah. do the roll. All right, you go for that. So, uh, yeah, the the bringing in the uh, the roll here is, you know, the the rolls on the crown are they mean a lot of things, but one thing that they symbolize is Mox Mox great acquisition of these of these artifacts of these these things that are sorry luke is now broadcasting back my voice and it's driving me nuts i'm just gonna mute him real quick <laughs> um and uh, and yeah so bring it in i love it thematically uh it is a 29 so that moves the needle by three points with an additional you get them above 30 though with the plus five right oh no no that's it's fine it's final um yeah, final yeah, value you're right you're right yeah, totally. Way. So, um, yeah, because those roles already had had the yeah, skills yeah, no, baked no. in. Um, totally. Yeah, you get it. Uh, the, 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 the. So that's going to be three points up on Lura. And my right click is not working for some reason. Oh, I'm in the wrong tool. Ah, that always happens. Uh, plus three. And now. Let's go ahead and get the uh, get the thumbs. Got all your thumbs out. One, two, three, go! That is thumb oh. up, 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 sideways. Okay, let's go one by one. First, Lura. Um, uh, as much as she liked the the uh, the bribe, it was a pretty um. Upon cross examination, uh, just doesn't hold up and. Uh, undeniable that it just was not a expertly executed uh, bribe um, and uh, and yeah the table the uh, the items is just also it's off script this is not not a not a straight up debate so she dug down she likes she likes when it's when it's going a little unorthodox she was I the one that order. asked She's pubis to respond order. out of order yeah oh yeah oh yeah uh, you need to unmute Luke I uh, thank you I, I had just done it how the thumbs go? Uh, Not up, good up, for up, you, buddy. Not up, 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 medium, <laughs> or up, 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 neutral. Not in my favor. Okay. Three, uh, three, three, uh, three against and one neutral against like people. for old Shafty. Um, Mercy, you also did. A, no, Mercy, you did. You Mercy, stayed neutral. She was neutral, but I do want to say that you know you could note Mock wouldn't have noticed that when she was looking at the spoils. Like, for instance, the things that Mock obtained, she was a little bit disdainful of them. Like, her expression wasn't the greatest when she would look at those. But she did look at the gems, the things that he's cut, and she did look at possibly what no one else might have been looking at. She was looking at the table that you made just really quickly. She was crouching. She was kind of, like, looking around. She's not trying to be, she wasn't trying to be too obvious about it. But I think part of her, her rationale for being neutral was that there was a... With the spoils and kind of the the talk of fighting, there's a little bit of braggadocia there. She doesn't, which she wasn't too keen on. But the thing that saved it, that did not make it a negative vote, was you know the gems, the the his actually seeing his work, and also the improvised table, the thing that he just busted right out. And I think she was impressed by that, but. That was enough to save that vote from not the being a negative vote. The, it's, the wrong it's that conflict yeah. of really not liking someone bragging, but the thing that person was bragging about was legitimately cool. So exactly. you got to yeah. give it credit. She couldn't. She couldn't hate on it. So, uh, 
Godrum went up by one. Godrum really, despite his efforts not not to be swayed by this kind of display, it was it was legitimately really cool that he pulled a table out of nothing. Um, he, he, he's never seen that in his life. Um, also, the table became a useful structure that was then immediately <laughs> used, so it wasn't even just fancy fireworks. It was very well, practical. Table. Like, went right for it, put some stuff on it, and the stuff was, like, proof that he's been really busy and very good at it. So that's also like, okay, this guy's got uh, not only the chops to get it done, but he, he's proving it right here and now. I don't have to, like, go to some third location to, like, see all the amazing shit. Uh, and those things are all very very positive he, he just he he likes him more now i love it and florian you were a thumb up her father never told me that the defendants would bring gifts and do <laughs> magic tricks this is great <laughs> this is this is more fun than i thought it would be i thought this would be just the doldrums <laughs> what a great day you just have to make it fun for him uh, i get it florian is a six-year-old like he just, he's just like, father's never given me a knife. I didn't know this would be fun. He, so he had no idea what to expect here. This is great. <laughs> he thought it'd be boring. <laughs> I want to go to another one. When's the next yeah. one, Daddy? I want to have one. No wonder people want to do this. <laughs> he's like throwing the knife. He's trying to do like a bottle flip with the knife. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 it clatters to the ground, disrupting yeah. the proceedings. Yeah, oh, sorry, I'm, sorry. I pictured Millhouse with his ball and cup when he's just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> okay. This is um, our totals are now at seven, eight, two, and eight. That's for Lura, Mercy, Godrum, and Florian. Man, Lura just totally flipped here. And that was Mox flipped. rebuttal, so now it's Mox. Now it is oh, the time. No, it's oh yeah, my rebuttal. <clears throat> no, no, no. Well, so he he actually he, that was he, not an argument. He used his rebuttal to uh, to bring <laughs> forward this stuff, and uh, it seems to have worked on the judges. <laughs> Strong moves. That was the classic. Thank you for asking about gun control. My thoughts on immigration are. It really was. It really was. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to talk to the. He tried talking to the drunk. To be fair, he started with him, and then he was well, like. Okay, you can leave on your job now. because he didn't say my next topic. He just summoned the table of magic, and we went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" whoa, whoa. Everyone, what's this going on? Here? It was agile. Yeah. Any attempt at objecting was disrupted by a table rising up out of the floor. <laughs> I addressed the BS about like, "Don't trust him." He just showed up yesterday. I addressed the BS as like, "I'm the guy that's going to get you the shit." No, Mox, the guy that's going to get you the shit. This is this is all response. Believe me, I love it. That was oh, uh, Mock's in-game representation of his outside of the game, luchador mask, shirtlessness, and tie shorts. <laughs> the fuck for sure. That's not Sammy. What's going on? Mock Fullhammer. Thank you for your rebuttal. It is now time for you to bring forward your first argument of today's proceedings. Please commence post-haste. 
Mark Seth at Gordon your Gordon. convenience when you are at ready. Your now it steps away. Mark says, <clears throat> of the jury, the gentlemen of this jury, uh, part of the reason I am I am able to be here today is this coin meeting the figure that was laid out. Oh, I wouldn't dare show up. To shortchange you with a, a gold or a copper less than that. But this sum of money is not the, the, the reason I'm here. To know the reason I'm able to stand here. The only way to know that is to know a group called the Facets of Fate. <laughs> and I'd like to give you the opportunity to know them more. For, I'll be honest with you, I'm not quite as rich as you may think me, uh, but I've got the means, as I've said, to be that. And some of this debt that I owe you is now debt that I will owe to them. So I'd offer you the opportunity to speak to my friends, the facets of fate, a few. And then I give you the opportunity to speak to me like you like you haven't up until the... Uh, throughout the proceedings of this court. He brings out the speaking stone and says, <laughs> What? My companions don't tell you. I'm fast forwarding. He gives a brief description of Bearjaw, of, he knows Scrimcorn, Scrimcorn is not back yet. I'm, I'm understanding, right? Oh, over on the, um, he's, he's communicating with Rebels Lift now. So we've got yeah. Scrim, so we've got, we got Bearjaw. Go ahead. Just the timing. We he was up there for a while, but it kind yeah. of I think is open uh, to. It, he's available. Let's say he's Perfect. available. So yeah, unless he, Dan feels strongly against that, but no, 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 that's, that's fine. He describes Scrimcorn, Bearjaw, Druce and Green, um, and flashback to what Mox spent his night doing is fucking phoning a friend and getting these people on the line and being like. Look, I needed Baron here. I needed Baron here for like for the in presence, but you know, your voices can be heard through means that I never expected to have. And so he basically describes to the jury of these these three witnesses, and he says that there is there are time constraints that perhaps we, we cannot hear from them all. But but perhaps who, who might you hear from first to speak on my behalf and and corroborate some of the events which I told you so that they are not simple braggadocio looking at mercy, um, but no, a truth, the simple <laughs> truth of my story. Who would you hear from first? Who answers he first? He also mentions that Baron is also a member of the it, defense. Indeed, so. indeed. <laughs> this is absolutely, I was, this is the time to hear all of this. And Baron specifically here as, as, a, as a witness that he it, said to... It did not require Baron to raise his hand and go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> no. no. What, what is a bear jaw? He, uh, I, I didn't want, I wanted for time's sake to just say, I oh, explained yes. what them all were. Um, yes. I can, he I, says, I, I want to that. hear from the bear jaw. I want to hear from the bear jaw. 
Do you mean uh, the maker of those fine products from Moog? <laughs> when he explained <laughs> Bear I mean, Jaw, though. You know what? Uh -huh. er, you know what, Eric? I mean, I know I get you don't want to spend a bunch of time describing each character. Is he giving a lengthy really, explanation? Do, do the short explanation. I'd like to know what if you say to talk, them. We'll, we'll, we'll explain the ones we're going to talk to. How you know what? That? He said Bear Jaw. So what did you say about Bear Jaw? Let's just go with there that. There we go. I love that. He says, <laughs> Bear Jaw is... Quite frankly, the strongest warrior I've ever met in my life. I've fought with warriors such as Dane Frostbeard, Master of Axes of Citadel Adbar. I've trained. I've fought for wars for 40 years. One, one look at this and, and you'd know what Berja strong means. But it's not as much the strength what has taught me as her wisdom. And it were she that taught me that to overcome my shame. What, the state that I left Waterdeep in those 40 years ago, it were me actions that would put the, the, this shame to rest. It's what allows me to labor against that which I'd done before and help me to press on to be here this day. That's who Berjaw is. And he breaks out a speaking stone and speaks her, like her name. They get to hear Berjaw's voice. I'm going to interrupt one second to lay down a, to lay down a, uh, a truth. Each of you... Uh, can decide uh, how much the name, the phrase, uh, Bearjaw Strong uh, means to you. <laughs> the birthplace of Bearjaw Strong is quite close to Waterdeep. If you remember, Waterdeep is the place that Baron rushed off to in the middle of the night, or I think it was Baron, to go save yeah. one of the, the, the people that you had rescued from the Sunless Citadel. So, you know, if 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 the brand has spread anywhere uh, to Waterdeep would be very likely, but it's a big town and it's a relatively small brand, so you can make your own decisions about that as you um, continue. So he has spoken the name of Bearjaw into the speaking stone. You hear this like tapping noise. <laughs> don't tap on the. This, don't tap on the. This is Bearjaw. To to whom am I speaking? Hello? Oh. oh. <laughs> Hello? Gotta check my notes. <laughs> the full name again. Uh, this is uh, Florian uh, Gustav Versk the Third. Uh, I am to understand that you are familiar with uh, Mach Fohammer. Yes, uh, I am familiar. However, uh, how what, what are you the third of? Uh, uh, my my father was uh, or is uh, Florian Gustav Versk the second, and my grandfather uh, was Florian Gustav Versk. You take his name to honor him. <laughs> I I hope so. <laughs> I mean, yes. Be sure yes. you are worthy of it, then. Now mock. He's just sweating. sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Takes out a perfumed well, handkerchief Florian's and wipes on for trial head. here. <laughs> <laughs> Why he says, I, uh, I am here to ask you uh, yeah. of, of what qualities would you describe this uh, 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 full hammer before us? Were it not for mock, I would be dead many times over. I have not seen greater bravery or strength of spirit or intellectual understanding of one's enemy than I have with him. 
I have learned many things about what it means to be part of a well-functioning group of a people. And without him, none of us would be as good as we are together. It is with great gratitude that I accept him as a brother. Florian looks around at the other judges, like offering them the speaker stone. <laughs> Florian doesn't want to ask another question. The first yeah. one, the Those first questions. one really put him Those on the spot. Deep. I'm done with this. <laughs> I don't want to talk to grandma. <laughs> <laughs> are any of the other judges taking it or are they leaving it to mm-hmm. Florian? They're, they're, uh, you, we can speak to others too. If Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out who Lura would want to talk to. If not, I will continue. You also may want to consider having more protein. (laughs) Florian then continues. Uh, He he brings it back in a slightly shaking hand and says, Do you feel that uh, Mr. Fohammer here is ready to uh, continue as a businessman? In the city of Waterdeep. And, uh, no. Uh, huh? No. I know that he is capable of achieving anything that he puts his mind to. And if he puts his mind to benefiting your city and your organization, he will succeed beyond your wildest imaginings. And uh, what expertise do you have? Of what craft... Uh, uh, have you an expertise in? Uh, uh, what is your market? Crushing things and not being crushed. Uh, so, uh, gravel making? <laughs> At times. Gravel and gravel accessories? Gravel and gravel accessories. Various mashes. <laughs> Any other questions? Florian is done. All right. Let me see that thing. He and slides uh, it across the table. <laughs> you said you have a half elf on the other side of this? Aye. <laughs> he says if if you ask me if I'd ever wrap let go of a single finger wrapped around a bag of 50,000 gold pieces, I'd tell you to go soak your head until you couldn't breathe. It's scrimcorn what taught me that it's what you need, not what you want, that'll lead you down the right path in life. He's a bit of an ascetic in terms of his own marketplace, kind of gesturing to Florian, but he says, but here's a, a, a wiser druid who know, what knows more about real power than most any other being I met. Best, best to speak through stone, at least he call lightning from the sky upon you. Laura raises her eyebrow at that. Is there a scrim corn on the other side of this? (laughs) (laughs) I just talk. I talk into this part. Yes, you'll you'll talk into that part. It's my understanding that it's already working, sir. (laughs) What? What do you? What do you want? (laughs) <laughs> what do you want? 
I'm here looking at Mock Fohammer, an associate of yours. He seems to think that you would have something to say about him. <clears throat> All right, but can he can he hear us talking right now? <laughs> yes, that's pretty obvious to me. <clears throat> it's not to me. I can't see the other the other side of this. I'll just say then that in my in my business of making sure people who don't keep their end of the deal for people who break their oaths as the dwarves always call them that people break their oaths <clears throat> end up paying for it I will say that Mock who has clearly made some mistakes in the past is a dwarf who seems committed to not doing so again I think I am not exaggerating when I say that he would spill his own blood before going back on a deal these days. But do you think he actually deserves <laughs> all of this wealth that would be returned to him? I, I don't... I, <clears throat> I have no sense of scale of the currency of large cities like your own. I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> or, thank you, sir. That that will be enough. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> I Anyone else want to use the stone? She says. Uh, Mercy, uh, she gestures as if to, you know, t for someone to hand the stone to her, and she looks at Do you Mark. have another half-elf to talk to? <laughs> she... <clears throat> Master Mokka, to mercy. I'd like uh, this is mostly out of a, a curiosity, but I do I do find it very curious that you consort with a young half drow man. Who yes. you tell me more about this? Is it, what kind of relationship? Briefly, and I will speak to him to myself after after this. Mock says, "For for creatures as as old." As the dwarves. He looks at Florian for a second and he says, It is well to have the young here sitting amongst the judges. And I have been fortunate to have young Oilvane as a companion for the passage of time leads elders to confuse age with wisdom. I was well into my adult life when I made some of the gravest errors of my life. One must remember that wisdom comes from perspective more than simply the hands of time moving across the face of the clock. It's, and it's the perspective of the young, often, that knows where the world is and where it's going, rather than so set on where it's been. Uh, it, were, it were oil vein, what come from the streets of one of the roughest cities you know. Ever heard? Uh, a, a place not too far from here, it, as the, the streets of Skullport themselves. And uh, to see him rise and become the wise man that I've that I've known uh, betrays any sort of racial heritage or uh, age requirements one might think. He's a warrior and a friend. Mm, interesting. 
So she picks up the the stone and she kind of holds it to, closer to her face, and she she says, "Hello, I, hello there. I request to speak to the young man named Oilvane. Are you there?" And you just you hear the stone fumble around a few times, and you. <laughs> Oh, hello, ma'am. It's me. It's me, Oil Vane speaking. What can I do for you? Oh, hello, young man. Uh, pleasure to speak to you. Uh, I, my name is Mercy Cindershield. I would very much appreciate it if you could speak to us about your associate, Mock, Master Mock Fohammer. Please tell us any kind of information that may shed some light on his character. Mm, all right, ma'am. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Oh, I can do that. Um, and he's not just one of my associates, you know, he's one of my best friends. He's one of my best friends. He's a real stand-up guy. I mean, I can't say that I was really... I knew any dwarves before, like like him. Um, speaking of dwarves, is, any, is anyone else there, Mark? It's Ben there. We got, we got Ben. Ben. Hey, Ben. Ben, how you doing? <laughs> doing well, oil, Ben. Oh, How's it's good things to hear over you, there? I see. It's, oh, it's going all right with making do over here. We'll catch up a bit later. Aye. All right. All right. All right. Um, where was I? Um, <laughs> um yeah, we just uh, yeah, Mark. He's just he's just a good guy, you know. I mean, he's got. I've never met someone so motivated about work, you know. He brought it with him wherever we go. We're having adventures. We're traveling all over the place. You know, we go on, and he always had, who carries around an anvil like that? <laughs> who does that? Really I, <laughs> I don't, he's just, he's always thinking about it. He's always got his toes. He's always, you know, sometimes you turn away and you look back and he's, he's crafting something. He's got one of those gems close to his eyes he's always got that lens on his face you know he's looking at things that people no one else looks at you know and on top of that he's he's a fucking fine damn leader he when it comes down to us making choices he's he he knew what was good for us what we had to do and i feel like if whatever question you have about his character you should put those aside because i can assure you that you're dealing with a good dwarf there. A good dwarf who deserves whatever it is he's asking for. And there's a little bit of silence, and then Mercy says, Thank you, young man. Thank you, young man, for your words. And I have very much to consider right now. And as she's looking at Mark, and you could see she's got a little uh, bit of a glint in her eye. She's, oh. you know, she's kind of like considering what this person that she didn't really have you know <clears throat> he doesn't have very much impressions of like good impressions of like young half drow men what they would be yeah. like but you know this kind of changed her mind so and then she uh mercy puts the stone out and she uh gestures for anyone else who might want to Godrum pulls it over to him he says oh oh that's all well and good but how can you associate or how can you Assess the value of a dwarf without talking to a dwarf. 
<laughs> Baron say, I mean, I'm green or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he 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 doesn't even look at Baron. <laughs> he says, oh, "Speak up, speak up. Who's there? Who's this Drustin fellow?" Oh, there. This is Drustin Green. Uh, you would be the associate of. Mr. Markful Hammer. My associate, cousin, friend. How, how would you rank it? Are you more of a friend or more of a cousin or more of an associate? Where where do you lie oh. on the map? That's a good question. I suppose cousins first. Because <laughs> Mock was near always oh, happy It's been a very long decisions. day if you could... Keep oh. your qu- answers brief. Oh, 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 cousin, friend, associate. I have one more question and just the one. Why should we make an exception for your cousin and friend when we have done nothing of the like for any other folks who have come in here banned from the guild begging for our mercy? What makes him so special? When my cousin found me, I was exiled. I was only searching to get back to me hold. And my cousin, he crafted me into a better dwarf. Whatever Mok touches, he makes better. Waterdeep will be better for his presence. And that's the truth of it. Refreshingly brief. I have no more questions. (laughs) Can can I ask you some questions? No. (laughs) (laughs) But perhaps one of my other fine compatriots would enjoy a chat. And he shoves the he shoves the stone into the middle of the table. Crosses his hands. Does Drusen say anything more? That's serious <laughs> questions. He's just asking. How old is Waterdeep? Uh, how many runes have, have you been down to Schoolport? Uh, and just <laughs> not get answered. <laughs> Amazing. I knew it. <laughs> hmm. If those are all the questions that the panel has for my friends, my associates. The folks that I wouldn't put under my employ, but I would die alongside. I'll conclude my arguments. In that case, we're going to need a roll from Mock here. Who's he targeting? Indeed. Um, would you mind activating the number so I can see where the, the four of them stand? For some reason, I, I can't see that again this week. Oh, you, when you right-click them, it doesn't... The green bars. Oh Wait, yeah, right click. Yeah, so you, got, you got to right click. So you have ownership of them. It's just you got to right click to see the number. Ah, there we go. It's More not the best. I have to do the same. Seven, eight, two, eight. Um, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for. Uh, what you gonna call it? Godrum. 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 My bad. Refreshingly brief Godrum. Refreshingly brief. 
All right. So, the role here, it's always hard when it's one role over a whole bunch of conversation. Um, yeah. I mean, persuasion is the default, uh, and it feels pretty right to me. Okay. Uh, here we go. Persuasion. Uh, yeah, go for it. Oh, Ooh, wow. crisp. Wow. Oh, that's 18 plus the five, so 23. Oh, why did it? Oh, you must have had Godjam selected. Uh, yeah, so twenty-three yeah. will be a that will be Godrum a swing of himself. three on Godrum, bringing Godrum up to a five. Now we've got to get the thumbs. So you're going thumbs up, thumbs down um, uh, for everything. It just uh, went down. You ready? One, two, three, go. <gasps> I'm seeing. Oh, up. Yes, That's a lot up. of good. Neutral, up, up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I feel like Dan's like Bobby Fischer, right? He always played against himself, here. and he never won. I just never won. <laughs> um, Lura. Uh, <clears throat> sweet, touching. <clears throat> just warm feeling. Uh, just uh, squeaky clean. No, no dirty fighting in this. So, but, but can't deny the <laughs> that Lura did get the, to speak to an amazing person, the amazing person, <laughs> and the the honest, like good testimonies. But kind of like, okay, like, <clears throat> I get yeah. It, yeah, she's but, not interested in Mock getting his stuff back just because he's a, a great fit for it. He's it's just, just that's just not yeah. what she's here for. He's been pretty clear in her resume about her not being that person. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't go. She it didn't bother her, but she was just like, okay, cool. Like I know Pubis has friends too. So Mercy, you were up. Uh, Mercy, uh, it, you know, talking to one of his associates, almost like you know, a one on one, uh, helped provide some context to the previous uh, rebuttals. Uh, you know, some of the braggadocia coming from that you know she's like okay it wasn't just about you know like reputation or like you know trying to make a name for yourself it was about kind of like working with people leading people uh you know and so that combined with you know what she's seen of his his current his work you know it's just like that does sound like something that would be beneficial for Waterdeep, something that moving forward so Thank you. Godrum, you were also if, up. If only he could have had a son like Mock. <laughs> this, this is, this is wow. just... Wow. 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 Really... Florian, Gustav Versk Third. you were also up. This is, this is perfect. Perfect. Uh, I, I, I like this Mock. But of course he could turn bad again, and if he does, I can blame these adventurers for uh, <laughs> convincing everyone. The facets of fate. The facets of fate are to blame. Amazing. So you're saying he's picked up nothing from his father except for the ageless art of finding a scapegoat. Yeah. He's like, I got Which my scapegoat. Is... I can vote whatever way I want now. It doesn't matter. I'm free. <laughs> he's taken the honor of his father's name. He has to live up to it. Bearjaw said so. The All right. gravel maker really made me think about this. Graveler. <laughs> a most unconventional. Ugh. 
character witness method of bringing forward in our court today a most exciting spectacle. But now it is time for Pubis Stone Shaft. The, to the speaking stone is still on the podium, and the, the party knows that like Pubis has the right to speak to them. Pubis, you have the right to cross-examine any of the witnesses brought forward by Muck Fohammer. Pubis, you may convene, you may begin your cross-examination. The rebuttal phase. When I am done with this sentence. Good job. All right, I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> Pubis is uh, a little bit more shaken than he was before. He was feeling much stronger at the conclusion of yesterday's session and at the beginning of this one. To hear, to see this magical table, all of these various artifacts, and uh, to see him have a clear the first bribe of the 50,000 gold, and then this further bribe of all these trinkets. He is feeling a little upstaged. I never thought would go and become an adventurer. He's like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? He is greasing the wheels like I have never thought to. He so, But he's got a little brown burlap bag next to his like table, and he puts his hand to it, and then he takes his hand away from the bag. He's going to save that for his argument. He steps forward to the stone. It could be in the back. And he says, uh, I, I am at a loss here, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the tribunal. I have no background or knowledge of any of these adventures. Uh, no doubt, Mock, over the last 40 years, has, by his own account, met many foes, slain those foes, and taken their treasure. And uh, it, it sounds like uh, these adventurers here on the stone, and he taps the stone, dunk, 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 were uh, alongside him while he slew those foes and took their treasure. And I am, like all of you, most impressed that he's willing to give all of that treasure to all of you to help bribe his way back into the city. I am actually very impressed. Uh, here on, I, I'm going to be very honest. I'm very impressed. 40 years worth of plunder of, and he lifts up the stones of gems, uh, under dark material, which surprisingly resembles the monkey's paw for which he was banished from the city in the first place. He's bringing back more under dark artifacts. But... This time, we're willing to overlook it because instead of selling it, which was expressly forbidden, he's just willing to give it to you. Uh, I cannot believe the, these guildmasters are willing to take in these highly illegal items as a blatant bribe in a public tribunal. However, if that is how this tribunal wants to operate, I am willing to be flexible. Very flexible and willing to alter the nature of my arguments moving forward. I will rest upon my prior argument. Nothing, if I was the world's best dancer, painter, or cook, and I brought in all of my friends who are dancers, painters, and cooks, they no doubt could provide rock-solid testimony that I was a fantastic dancer, painter, or a cook. 
Mock has proven through his witnesses and his own words that he is a sterling A-grade adventurer. He has met foes. He has killed them. He has taken their treasure, and now he provides it to you as a bribe. None of these actions, none of this testimony proves, A, that he is a fit to be a tradesman. We are not adventurers here. We are tradesmen. We do not kill people and take their items. We work through treaties, contracts, trade agreements. That is how we acquire items, and that is how we provide for the city. No doubt he is a perfect fit for the Adventurers Guild. It sounds like that is exactly what he's done. And I believe that he is, sounds like he is the best at it. He has become. He went from being a shifty craftsman to a world-class adventurer. And all of his colleagues seem to back that he is a world-class adventurer. And I am not going to take away from any of their testimony. <laughs> I believe them 100%. <laughs> However, nothing that he has said proves that he is penitent of his crime. In fact, it seems that he has continued to perpetuate his crime here today in this courtroom and to implicate all of you in that guilt if you were to accept any of these items. I would caution you not to do so. Thank you. We're, uh, we're at mercy here. The only ones who didn't take anything from the table. So <laughs> looking at each other. <laughs> I didn't take anything. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. A roll? Time for the roll. Now, who's the target? I could see uh, I could see persuasion and I can see intimidation here. It feels it feels like pretty strong intimidation, uh, but I'm always I'm going to use persuasion. But a persuasion I think also fits just fine. Mercy Cinder Shield. Mercy Cinder Shield. About taking uh, banned items as a bribe. She didn't tribunal. take. She did not take one of them. Uh, not her taking, but the taking of. Meaning they were offered and they were taken by her fellow tribunal members. He's appealing to her. I do, do want to say, like, like in terms of banned items, I don't know where that's coming from in terms of lore. Isn't the monkey's know. paw was an underdark item that was being... It's a drider claw, yeah. Right. A drider claw. And wasn't that why you're banned? Because it was illegal? Am I getting that wrong? It was a magical item that made Mock a crossroads for like black market dealings black market. or something? Yeah, so it was not like the fact that he had the monkey's paw. Those things it was that what the monkey's paw let him do. Yeah, honestly, Eric, it seems pretty damning. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, he just said it's yeah. a, all these goods are illegal. <laughs> yeah. I Let, think, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Perfect. I think even if the goods are illegal. I love illegal, what I'm shooting, he's... and I'm not sure if my ammo is right, but I'm just going to shoot anyway. <laughs> In almost I, I, every I, I, way, this is so much better, Luke. <laughs> I'm sitting back here with all this backstory of these people. I'm like, I don't know any of these things. I don't care. <laughs> like, Luke raises I, some compelling arguments here. I would like I'm to talk with Owl. Sure Luke's <laughs> making me doubt. Like, wait, what? There's a, there's a character named Owl, I think. I uh, so this is um, uh, uh, appealing to Mercy primarily. That's right, Mercy Cinder Shield. That's your target. Okay, uh, yes. and it's persuasion. Here it goes. It's being rolled, right? No. Is it also an eighteen? Oh, it rolled oh, off of that three oh, onto a sixteen. Ooh. 
Um, that becomes a 19 with pubis's skill, uh, which is just shy of moving the needle three. It will move the needle two on Mercy down two. <clears throat> and now we go to the full panel for the thumbs. Ready? Up, down, or middle. One, two, three, go! Oh, down, 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 up. Wow. Pretty successful, uh, pretty successful appealing there uh, on, on Pubis' part. Let's go one by one. Lura. Uh, very mudslinging, very, very turning around a, a positive, like I said, the, the, the touchy-feely kind of thing, and, and turning around. Yep, effective. That was down one, right? Correct. It was, it was uh, uh, Mercy Cinder Shield. Uh, Mercy Cinder Shield. Uh, she voted up. Uh, I think also part of it too was just it was a pretty good persuasion, but there's also kind of her internal like like uh, balancing act going on, and so she couldn't like uh, agree with it completely. There's this air of this. Uh, there's someone who is a pubis and pubis reminding her or explaining the law to her too which is like of course she knows that you shouldn't take those gifts she knows that her co-workers did take the gifts but she also knows it's their right as guild masters to do their own prerogative too and it's like who are you to tell us like you know that <laughs> what we should be doing in this case whether or not that's right or wrong i feel like that's different but I and also yeah, so that's that, that's, that's perfect. Right. This whole tribunal has uh, only a little to do with what's right and wrong. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> the less, the better. <laughs> uh, Godrim Brewbuckle was up by one. Up, up oh, by I'm one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Down, down by one. I, I meant okay. Up. <laughs> good, good for pubis. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> the the implication that this is a bribe isn't the whole story of why he's kind of cringing a little bit at it. It's just be it, it being brought up at all makes him look bad. And that this, this choice of going in this direction, uh, whether or not it was intended to has now made him look bad. And he, he just kind of blames the person who brought it in the first place. He, it's like, you get in trouble for eating the candy that someone put out on a table. It's like, well, you put it out on the table. What was I supposed to do? But now it's now it's his fault for taking the candy on the. T I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Florian, Gustav, Versk the third went uh, down by one. Dad, I thought we were supposed to take these gifts. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh, no. My father hates adventures. Florida. Never let me keep this knife. <laughs> I'll never let. I'll have to hide it. It's the most obvious one. You're not supposed to do that. Florian's like, oh, fuck, I am rolling over. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Have this. Oh, I. cool. We're allowed to do this. No, you're not. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. That was Pubis's. Go ahead. That's been one full rotation of today's session. So we had an accusation, a rebuttal, a argument, a rebuttal. That has yes. been one set. And so the final 
the final, well, not to use that word to mean set. <laughs> the final thing now, it will be Pubis's argument and Mock's counter. And then, right. fi- and then final arguments, I guess, depending on what the votes are locked in at. Okay. So, Pubis walks up to this mystical table and he shakes it. Does it seem sturdy? Is it moving? Is it still corporeal? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It It stays corporeal forever. Okay, great. It's a real table. So Pubis takes his hand on one side of the table, and he pushes all the things over to the other side, creating his hand, stopping his hand in the middle. There's some heavy stuff there, so that may take a little grunting to get it all over. (laughs) (laughs) He may be like, his yeah. dramatic gesture. <laughs> yeah. He's in it now. He can't stop. He's like pushing it over to hit a middle line. You can't. Yeah, you can't start yeah, the once slide. You begin and give it, up. You gotta go. Oh, I gotta go through it. So you gotta push on that side of that knife. Ooh. Now, I am gonna take some liberties here. Greg and I have pre-discussed this conceptually, oh, but don't make me complicit. Don't bring me into your <laughs> part of hitting people here. against uh, each other. Plan here. Goblin, now you're embarrassing Greg. <laughs> yeah, Greg's in on it. Uh, Florian's convinced. Uh, so, Cubist for... slowly, after he pushes those things to the side, slowly walks back to his table and picks up a burlap sack. And this burlap sack is not very big. And he's like, and he looks at the croup and he says, I can see that an offering that despite my 40 years of selfless service to this city in order to further prove my value to the guild as a trader uh, as a business owner and as a part of the community I must also offer something to each of you to reinforce my value and I don't want to think that Mock can be gone for 40 years walk in and hand each of you something to displace what I've done, but I also will bow to tradition. And one at a time, he places four things on the table. One, (laughs) two, three, four. He says, at the conclusion of this tribunal, if my business, which is operated honestly, is left intact, these items will transfer ownership to you. Now, this is where we hit a timeout, and I would like to explain each of these items, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, describe, uh, describe each of them uh, in turn. Okay. Um, so I could describe the physical, the, how it, each item looks, and then I could tell you what each item means. I have written that out, but I guess I what I'm requesting is I would like four things to be made truth that over the last 40 years of working with uh, Lura in glass cutting, Godrum and uh, Florian and Mercy in our 40 years of dealings business in the same city, that there are four events that have happened. And I am, I guess, requesting that these incidents be made true. Uh, they're true. I don't okay. know what they are. That's the truth. But sure. Then I am going to describe each item. Sounds like it's a blank check. 
So I'm going to describe. But I will tell you, I have pre-written all of this. It is in a Google Doc that Greg has access to. Oh, you put so it in I'm there. Not, oh, it's that one. Okay, maybe I have seen. Some I have not. I have not improvised. There is. I have a, not improvised. All of this is pre-written out. Okay, so the first piece is uh, an old crusted. Uh, it has some jewels on it, but it's pretty dusty. It is a um, what some of you re might recognize as a trader's or a stamp of trade, which is like a heavy metal thing. It has a symbol on it, and when you write a contract, that contract is only valid if it has been stamped by the seal of trade, and only if that seal of trade has been registered in the city in which the trade is happening. You cannot do business unless your seal has been registered. Uh, otherwise, that deal is won't will not be enforced by the city. It's like a permit, right? Like a local permit. It's like a permit. It's like a stamp, but it, but like from your house. So like if you're the house of bricks and someone's like, yeah, I have a contract. They owe me money. You're like, well, where's the stamp? It doesn't have the stamp from the head of the house of bricks. So like, well, then it's not legit. Or if they bring a stamp, you're like, well, this doesn't match what's on our file. Then it's not legit. It has to be a registered stamp. So this is a stamp, right? So it has some jeweling on it, but it's not really impressive. Right. So now I guess I will explain this, but only one of you will know what this is. But I will sort of like out of context tell all of you what it is. So there's one of you who knows what this is, and you'll probably guess who knows what it is. So in the firing of shadow pottery, there is a dusting in the final process of a chalk-like substance called tebashir. It is very rare, and most of it comes from a series of islands called the Whale Bones, inhabited by a tribe of coastal dwarves called the Hongdanar. These dwarves refuse to sell the Tebashir, even though they mine vast quantities of it. Mercy Cindershield like hired Pubis to get the dwarves to sell the Tebashir by any means possible. Pubis learned that the patriarch of the dwarves frequently went to sea on his birthday to fish. Pubis also learned that a great sea monster often, it's like a sea dragon or a dragon turtle, often plagued ships that approached those islands. So I hired some fishermen to scoop up some dolphins while they're fishing, and I chummed the waters around <laughs> the chieftain's boat dolphins. while he was fishing on his birthday. As his boat was being attacked, I got him to sign a contract with his seal to sell this Tebashir to Mercy, and then I took his seal from him, took the contract, got on the boat, and left him to die. I then t I gave the contract to Mercy, which Mercy verified at Waterdeep. It had the seal, but I kept that seal. And and from then on, no one in the island of these people, these coastal dwarves, could ever dispute this contract. And Mercy has been making shadow pottery when no one else had um, the ability to make this pottery. So sitting on that table right now, but Mercy hired me to make this happen. Didn't tell me to kill him, but knew exactly what I did. And that seal is now sitting on the table. She did not ask many questions, too, about how you got did it. Did not. So. No, no, because Mercy... Um, the dark side of the coin. She is practical <laughs> and likes finding direct solutions to problems. And that's what I represent. <laughs> direct solutions <laughs> to problems. Say, doesn't say <laughs> lawful good on there, you does it? You want a problem gone, I'll make it uh, gone. Okay. Summer. She, she hides so behind. There is, a, there is a second item. Describing the second item. Uh, here it is. Godrum was once in a military capacity serving a few lords of Waterdeep. And he was serving them in the by the Sea of Fallen Stars, which is a body of water directly to the east of the Sword Coast. Now, um, he was ordered to protect a small outpost by the Sea of Stars. However, when Godrum approached this outpost, he 
this outpost, he realized that he was only being attacked because the soldiers had enslaved local villagers and were selling them into slavery. This is a forbidden act, but Godrum fulfilled his orders to protect the soldiers and the caravan while they carried out this act. When the elves were taken, they were sold to drow slavers in the Underdark. The nobles of this village were captured, and ceremonial manacles were used on the nobles to separate them from the other slaves that were taken. Godrum was involved. He helped transport the slaves. He is implicated in this illegal practice along with everyone else. I arranged the drow buyers, and I swiped those manacles that were on the nobles' wrists before I handed them over to complete the transactions. They're no. somewhat crude, but in an underdark style. So those manacles are also on the table. You're terrible people. <laughs> Item number three. Says you. <laughs> Luna Bromwood uh -oh. loves fine whiskey and loves to gamble. At one point, she went too far with a visiting emissary from Neverwinter. This emissary took one of Lura Bromwood's trade books that outlined many illegal dealings after Lura passed out in the bar, because Lura is an alcoholic. Lura begged Pubis to intervene. The what price for intervention was a written contract, gold, and a heavily jeweled flask that belonged to Lura. I took this flask, put poison in it, along with the glacial whiskey, approached the emissary to Neverwinter, and sold them a batch of whiskey, several barrels, below half of what their price was, ensuring a very rich profit for that emissary. As a sales gift, I included the poisoned flask. The emissary, on their way out of town, drank from the flask and was later found dead. I was able to take the flask back. I was implicated in the killing, but when my stock of glacial whiskey was checked, it was found to be clean, and I was cleared of guilt. Lura knows that this flask has her house symbol on it and still traces of the distinct poison and the written contract that I have and ties you to that murder. Smoking gun. That jeweled flask is also on the table. And finally... <laughs> Florian Gustav Versk III's father is a powerful lord, but is also mired in debt. These debts swell and fall like the waves. At one point, the Versk house was so destitute to a feuding lord that his father was forced to give his son up as a slave to the other lord. Leveraged collateral. Florian was whipped, beaten, and generally humiliated during this enslavement. Eventually, the debt was cleared, and Florian was allowed to come home. Still later, his father eventually swallowed up this smaller house and the assets of that lord. But if anyone knew that Florian had been a debt slave, he could never take rule over his great house. His dignity would never recover. His enslavement color was unique and actually was one of the few things that Pubis did craft. It bore the symbol of the Versk house and the, and the symbol of the now dead house on that neck choker collar. And that collar is also on the table. Florian is quite familiar with that collar as he wore it as he was being beaten and humiliated. 
I love the only <laughs> confirmation of a thing that Pubis has actually crafted is a slave collar. <laughs> the only thing that I crafted <laughs> was this slave collar. So Pubis looks at these items and then he's at, and then he looks at each one of the judges one by one with an unblinking stare. And he lifts up some of the gems. He's like, truly, these are valuable spoils from an adventurer. But I would urge each of you to take a long, hard thought on the industries which you have built over your lifetimes at Waterdeep and the industries that you choose to leave to those who come after you and make the correct investments. If you choose to continue doing business as we have done for many years, these items will simply be a token of my gratitude for that loyalty. Thank you. And he steps away from the table. <clears throat> Incredible. I would say that's like a polite persuasion. Yeah, polite persuasion. <laughs> really gentle suggestion. An idea. We're all dark in our own way, people. Now, obviously... These deception. These are just totally made up. I've never seen that flash before. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> but I see each of you only know what your one thing is. Yes. Right. And he's, saying, and he's saying these pieces are yours if uh, if he still has if his, he retains his business. In fact, that's precisely what I am saying. Although that sky opal is shiny. <laughs> um, um, I am low. You're not going to find it. Pubis doesn't know what we went through to get that. And uh, let's just say there isn't another one of the things that we killed. It glistens. So... Obviously, Luke has done a phenomenal job of very equally, narratively targeting all four of the panel members here. But by the mechanics, you still need to declare one that your role is going to count most significantly for. I am going to lean into Godrum Brewbuckle. Oh, you want Ooh. that back. You want that, <laughs> you want that red, you want that red hit point bar back. Indeed, I do. All right. Ooh. I am ready to roll an intimidation when you say the word. Roll. I'll use my... Uh, no, I've already used it. You've already used so it. We never get the... Can I use a deception check on you to see if I can use it again? <laughs> we didn't do the reroll for the inspiration. We didn't do it last week either, and I was just going to kind of let it roll for this session because it's so different oh, yeah. of a back and forth. Um, Good enough. We didn't, we didn't uh, do it. Um... Okay, so that was a natural nine on the roll, and with the skill, bumps it up into a 12. That will move the needle by one. Uh, by default. So that's for Godrum goes down one. But now, now we need the, uh, the thumbs from the panel members here. I see Luke is... Uh, oh, I have no idea what's about to happen. Beads of sweat <laughs> starting to form amazing, on uh, Luke's forehead. Are you all ready? A one, two, three, go! I'm seeing oh, up, down, up, results. sideways. That, this is excellent. I'm actually most excited to hear each and every one wow. of your explanations. Uh, Lura first. Well, she just got blackmailed. You were down, is that right? I was down. I just got blackmailed. That's like your favorite thing. L Lura doesn't want... <laughs> That out, she wants the evidence back. It's, it's not the evidence. I thought it was the respect for the play, but maybe that's probably part of it too. It's, it's down. Uh, yeah, 
it was a successful blackmailing. It was a successful blackmail. Game recognizes game. <laughs> also, I'm being blackmailed. Help. Uh, Mercy. Uh, she, uh, obviously she doesn't like being blackmailed, but she does realize that there were times in the past when she's made some choices that, and refused to look at the consequences. Uh, but she's not the kind of person to kind of, to run away from that kind of thing. She, she would own up to it. If it did come down to it, if she got called out for it, she would, you know, but she, she's not the kind of person that would turn herself in, obviously, but she's the... But she knows that if someone called her out on it, she would admit to it and do what was uh, her penance. She'd rather she'd rather come out with the truth than bow to blackmail. She's a very patient person. She can wait. That's <laughs> true, dwarves. Uh, Godrum Brewbuckle. He he's just pissed off. Oh, and you got to remind me if you went up or down. Sorry, I lose track. Um, he he. While the while blackmail is very effective in this in this instance, obviously, um, it's also in very poor taste, um, and also he's very pissed off. Uh, the, this this act is is an act of aggression, and he's never been blackmailed like this. <laughs> Uh, before, so that this is a new experience, um, and and he does not like new things. And so you were up, you were up. Yes, you said that right. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Excellent. And finally, Florian. Florian stares at that collar for a long time. I I was humiliated during those years. And I was humiliated before that by my father. Always speaks down to me. And now, now I am feeling that humiliation again. This pubis before me. I am not my father. And I am no longer a slave or a whipping boy of the Hecklebaum family. And I, I shall not be bullied anymore. (laughs) He hates being bullied. You got a knife. He hates being bullied. Yeah, he's holding, he's like slowly, his hand's creeping towards that knife. And you were up. You were, you were thumbs up. His hand is creeping towards the knife. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Lord of Waterdeep. Cuts I mean, throat. remember his upbringing. He has not been taught how to deal with his emotions. <laughs> it's true. It's emotionally oh, selected. Slave collar. Wow. Fucking rocking him. All right. So before we that was amazing. Before we move it over Jim to Mock, Luke, please. Before we move it over to Mock, we've got Lura. Uh, Lura at five. Mercy at eight. Godrum at five. And Florian at a high nine. So, thank you, Plumis Stone Shaft, for your most unusual presentation of traditional gifts with stipulations. Conditional gifts. Very traditional in this high court. Uh, 
Mr. Mock Flowhammer, it is now time for you to present your final counter-argument to Plumus's latest argument. If you are ready, simply speak up when it is your turn. <laughs> At the end of my part. Okay, go. <laughs> would you would you give Mock a roll, an, one insight roll, just so I can help play how much maybe he uh, took in of the blackmail? Whether much... or not he was able to perceive that a blackmail has just occurred. Yeah, simply that. It's, it's really black and white. Not how obvious I, I, outsiders. Uh, uh, my... Um... My thought when we started this, and we made a couple rulings about the all the panel members' like personalities and stuff, is that I think it's a more interesting, like fierce di diplomatic competition if just uh, you both know everything that's pertinent. Right. Unless Luke, right. you feel like that's like unfair to your plan here, but I assume not. Uh, no, I I'm totally like open. basically I'm looking at it and I'm going, if Mock knows this is bribery. We are going to get a more interesting next scene than if yeah. Mock doesn't know or blackmail. So, presentation. so he may not know the details of all these things, but he can clearly tell because I'm sure these people were like startled when they saw yeah. these things, like maybe even emotionally yeah. damaged. And, and uh, on the tribal, you know what? tribunal members, they're going to be reacting like, you know what? Here's here's the deal. You're sitting yeah. back. You're sitting back. Um, it's Baron. Baron's the one that can read what's happening at the table he does up there. Have a good insight, without a doubt. Why don't you? Go, go, you haven't gotten to talk yeah, much as Baron to today. Yeah. Give 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 Mock the tip. Tell Mock what you're seeing and what's going on as you're like talking at the bench before it's your turn to come up. Ah, uh, cousin, sort of leaning over, whispering into him as a British pubis is pulling out some sort of I don't know leverage or collateral. He's has on all these people. The items don't seem to have any significance, but they all seem rather shocked by them. Pretty sure it's, uh, I don't know, calling in favors owed or blackmail or something of that sort. Mock's face kind of becomes stony, just grim. Like, there's like a moment of surprise that he looks and just immediately knows that Baron is right. Uh, like a Baron whose who's insight is just Again, paved the way for so many negotiations in the past, and he's just stony. He says, uh, "Thank you, cousin. Thank you for standing with me. But uh, be ready, because you're, you're not you're not done with with my asks for today. You know what we talked about. I'll do my best. That was your turn. Mark goes to take the podium." with that kind of stony visage. And he approaches the table, kind of looking at these items and, you know, the, the grimness, you know, the hard lines in his face, they do soften a bit and he becomes, he shows more sadness. <clears throat> and he says, he looks back at pubis for a moment, showing some of that sadness. And he just says, it's an, un it's an unfortunate thing that for me to reclaim my honor puts me at such odds with pubis. 
And I feel sad for Pubis today. He looks at these items just, you know, seeing the the mark of so many hard-biting negotiations he's had over the years. Things that Pubis has accompanied on. Like, Pubis obviously clearly has his own genius um, and has had many successes in these last 40 years. Uh, but to say that, like, Mock didn't give him a push or that there aren't plays in their playbooks that are identical, strangely. You know, information flowing back and forth. <clears throat> Mock just sees his own handiwork in it. You know, he's really in this moment confronting his past self looking at these blackmail artifacts. And he says, it is what it is right, right sorrowful. And this is why they put us in the mines for those years. And he holds up his clan crafter medallion. He says, to become a clan crafter, one does not enter the workshop. Gesturing to the gems to work on these fine stones. You must spend years decades down in the mines learning to find the stones to bring them from the rock with your bare hands then clean them then price them then sell them only after you have mastered every portion every step of the way are you allowed to craft and then you begin your long road as a crafter and i hear pubis's outlandish claims made in ignorance he knows he knows nothing of the world beneath us. His his clan, the Stone Shaft from Thornhold, they don't even live above ground. Their whole clan lives in the tunnels, embracing the earth from whence the dwarves came. Yet he has no knowledge of the Underdark itself. I dare say he's ever been there once in his life. He doesn't know what is illegal, what is not. He simply knows how to spin a yarn. Look for an angle. Ask for a pass says, but the, the reality is there are there are no perfect dwarves, perfect craftsmen. He says, oh, I will be judged upon the truth of myself today, not against Pubis, but on my own merits. And I have gone through great lengths to allow you to do so, looking at each of the judges. And he lays a fine wooden box on the table before him. And he says, I'd like to present a work of art to you today as my final argument and offering. But I would do it in such a way as to allow you to have the full story of it. And perhaps hear from me, even if you desire the exact Memories I have of my past crimes. He gestures to his cousin, Bairn. He says, Bairn is not simply my longest lived cousin and one of my closest allies and friends. But as you know, he's a powerful, a powerful priest of Moradin. And he will offer today a ritual of truth so that you may be confident that every word coming from my mouth is the truth. And this is not a simple ritual, but, it, but a, a specific version of this ritual brought from across the world in Skyclave, taught to him by the very Bard King what invented it. And I will leave it to Bairn to perform this ritual 
and give you the confidence of truth and the opportunity to ask whatever questions you would of me, of my story, and that which I'm about to present to you. And he leaves the floor to Baron to cast Bard King's Zone of Truth. Yes. Uh, so if I recall the mechanics of the Bard King's Zone of Truth, as we saw in uh, Skyclave so long, long ago, <laughs> essentially it's similar to the regular Zone of Truth, except uh, all, all who are in it have to participate willingly. And everyone inside it knows essentially whether the whether everyone else has essentially accepted that willingly or not. Yes, it was a it was a modification of a of an older. Because normally only the caster knows yeah. that. And the bard king, I, I had invented uh, this modification of a of a traditional spell that has served him very well in uh, diplomatic dealings because it guarantees that all present are uh, speaking truthfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Baron says, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the tribunal and all those welcome. The spell I intend to cast is a, uh, uh, would basically make this room sort of centered on the fine table at which you're all seated. Uh, all those within it, should they be willing to participate in the ritual and all those within the zone would know whether or not those else in the zone were willing to participate. Uh, none could speak aught but the truth. So no word of falsehood or deception could be spoken by those in the zone if they are willing to participate. I am willing to proceed with your approval. Sounds like an intriguing enchantment. I'll allow it. This is fine, I approve. Ah, very well then. A most unusual development. (laughs) I will not be answering questions during this time. (laughs) Uh, Mock travels uh, essentially around the corners. I'm going to make a little mark here. So go like a little like here, duh, duh. And so one, two, three, four, five, six. So like, and then like here. And then one, two, three, four, five, six. Duh, duh. And it's kind of, you know, ish there. Three corners is kind of enough to get the gist of it. It essentially would go to there normally, but that, that's, that's the zone. Three corners is only a triangle. Yeah, I know. I know. Very confusing, Sam. I do not know how to extrapolate a fourth corner of a rectangle. Okay, here we're going. Just go. Here's a box. Is that so better? the so is is pubis <laughs> are pubis and mock in this in staying? Oh, Baron. Zone. Baron basically says, "I'm going to draw the zone, and uh, you may invite those questions to enter it, and you may it know is- whether they are." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, P- Pubis uh, is by default, you know, out- outside the area because he's there. sitting. You know, it's not yeah, his yeah, time exactly. for arguments. Is the uh... yeah. So uh, Baron stands there where he's at and uh, does this ritual. Says you know, it's it's a little bit different than he usually casts spells because this one isn't normally a uh, you know a prayer of Morden. So this one took a little bit of 
time and effort on the balloon of sort of figuring this one out. Uh, but it wasn't a huge modification, and he was already familiar with the original spell. So, more having than... seen it and participated at once. I'm not cheating on you. <laughs> uh, and so after clearly sort of delineating where the borders of this thing will be so everyone can see it, because it, it's not very flashy. It's more of just once you're in it, then you feel this in your in your heart and uh, and says that those willing to participate just make a verbal statement of I will tell the truth and you will be in it and you will know that all those elsewise are also in it after he has cast the spell. Okay. So he, he's casting the spell, right? He did. Oh, you mean to cast? I mean, I can... Yeah, yeah, give, it, give us okay. the... Yeah, please, man. You drew, you drew all the corners. <laughs> right. Uh, he says, Moradin, your divine power, allow us to understand one another better. Ooh. As a brief flash illuminates from Baron and sort of the runes that he had marked in the corners of the area briefly flash and then just sort of a faint glow emanating from them. And everyone standing within them sort of feels this thing come over them. Uh, sort of a, I don't know, heightened sense of something. And also a, a, a higher sense, a sense of all, everyone else who is also in the zone. There's a sense of truthiness that you feel. Yeah inside yourself. It's, I mean, it's a feeling that you you know that you could only speak the truth in this moment, which helps serve as proof that the spell is functioning. Yeah. So. Once the Baron. spell over, overcomes the group, Mach speaks once more. And he says, When I came to this city many years ago, it was about what this city might offer me. How, it, how I might enrich myself of her wealth, of her many wealthy patrons who have such a desire for the art that I love to create for myself. There were selfish reasons, and it resulted in a selfish demise. And as I was forced from her, from her borders, I was tasked with the accrual of 50,000 gold. He looks back at Baron and then looks at the judge. He says, but I have long since, I've long suspected that that 50,000 gold was not a fine uh, that would allow me to come and reclaim all that was mine. For 50,000 gold pieces, 100,000, a million gold pieces has nothing to do with what I took from that city when I fell. The 50,000 is maybe a representation of my desire, but it does not offer penance for the honor that was lost when I besmirched the trade of our city, our guilds, with my black deeds. He says, but, and looks at the artifacts, uh, pubises for artifacts. It is the truth that very few of the citizens here at wa in Waterdeep are, are perfect themselves, are cleaner without blemish. 
But that doesn't really have bearing on why we are here and what we are here to do. For, you know, it is not our sordid histories that define what Waterdeep is. And I have learned that it is imperfect citizens of Waterdeep that come together, that work to raise up the city and are responsible for the honor, the reputation, and the power that truly is our marketplace and our crafting legacy. From those imperfect individuals, flawed learning, come wonders and come honor and come commerce. And so, to try and reclaim my honor beyond a simple toll showing my desire, I have made the masterpiece of my life. He gestures to the items on the table and says, those baubles that I presented to you earlier were simply the leftovers of what remained when I crafted the crown of the north. And he opens the box and lifts up the crown of the north and you see this artifact gleaming in a metal which there, which has to this day no name. Uh, brazened with the symbol, the crest of Waterdeep, and then towered uh, on its kind of mountainous, uh, mountainous crest with not raw, not rough, but beautifully cut sky opals and storm onyxes amongst the, 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 the tall peaks. And Mach gently sets that down kind of in front of these artifacts of blackmail and says... And, and you see, one thing that's very notable is that the crown has this very fine mesh lattice uh, in the kind of opening, in the, in, the, in the circle of the crown, clearly preventing anyone from putting that crown on their head. No one could, this is an unwearable crown. And Mok says, I've made this crown of the north to honor the city of splendors, to honor its leadership, that it is not a king that has ever or will rule us, but it is our citizens and our guilds and every citizen of this city will take responsibility for authority. And I offer this great work as a true symbol of my penitence, that I am here, I have returned to bring up the city and give it more honor and stature and add to its wealth and its treasures from the best of my abilities, from the legacies of the dwarves, and from the treasures that Faerun has to offer. He holds out his hand and he says, ask me any questions you will about its crafting, about its nature, about my story, but please return to me this day, aught which I lost those 40 years ago. My honor and my business and my future with Waterdeep. I'm going to cut in as Dungeon Master here. <clears throat> We're at 10.30. We're at our normal end time. Um, we could cut here and have these questions come next week. It's a good narrative moment. 
Um, it does mean that we're pulling us into a third week, and I kind of want Luke there next week. I say we keep going. Let's finish it out, because I might have to raid <clears throat> Nax next Thursday. So the the problem is I want to make sure that we give the scene enough time to breathe, that uh, people, the, the panel, the chance to ask the questions, but I can't go super late. Um, How late could we go? I can't either. I'm... Yeah, I mean, usually done. usually people are, like, disconnecting at 1030 when we stop. Um, Would you guys willing to do, like, a Wednesday session? I have Ken yeah, I won't be available Thursday next either. Thursday anyway, so I'd oh. have to do a Wednesday if we do Yeah, I was going to say, Kevin Yeah, Wednesday. <clears throat> I could do it. Yeah. Happy to. Sounds good. Wednesday is across the board. Everyone can do Wednesday, and then we can nope. do it, do it properly. Finish it up. Super easy. From Wednesdays from you now on forever. Yeah, let's just be Wednesdays, Great. Thursday nights. Well, I like it. Well, then, we'll, then, then I will say we'll continue next week. Uh, if, excellent, excellent teeing up for the uh, for the for the finale, um, Eric. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm, this, is, this has been amazing, everybody. Pipes <laughs> dropped really left. All righty. So we'll continue next week on Wednesday, um, and uh, <clears throat> that's awesome. Uh, way to bring your A game, every single person here. Uh, really, <laughs> I mean, I'm like a spectator 99% of the time here. I mean, I guess I'm about a spectator as much as the rest, most of you are. Um, but uh, that's not normally what I get to do. So well, that's fun. Was uh, huge fun. Thank you, Luke, for bringing the uh, for bringing the dirty. To this, uh, that's what oh, I was yeah. depending on oh, you for. Done so dirty. dirty. Such it detailed dirty. It's so, so, such detailed. If you need <laughs> fantasies of depravity, Luke's your man. Keep <laughs> count on me, guys. <laughs> Good to go. My scientific speciality, you could say. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, God, I'm, I'm just... I'm oh, smiling this. ear to ear. I really liked. Uh, I really liked watching all of that. I love Luke. Your 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 response to Mox stuff, where you were just like, "Oh, I love the I love the." He found enemies. He killed them, and he took their treasure. He said he's a pirate. <laughs> he described him as a pirate. Just over he and over and over. He gave his treasure to you as a bribe, so I guess that's good. He's just a mass murderer and a robber and a briber. I say send him back out to the city. I mean, he oh, could kill this many people in 40 years. 40 years later, he could have even more stuff for you. I mean, that speaking so much, Scrim is saying, Scrim is saying, this guy's not wrong. Like, His adventurers say he kicks ass we, at it. It is I'm what we do. Oh, uh, it was great. It was great, you, Luke. And you run phase, man. Like I have, I have a lot of context here, man. Like I'm digging into the annals. I I listened to the Bard King, you know, scene. Oh, I, you did. Way to oh. pull that one out of nowhere. I I had 100% forgotten about that, but I was really proud of that whole idea of the like Bard Dude, King made in truth that session, spell. We say we had this debate, Baron and Mock, like. Should we should we acquiesce to a zone of truth? Well, we do use it in some dwarven legal matters when things are really serious. And I'm like, there we go, there we go. What are we doing? <laughs> and then uh, there's just we've created so much content over the years, and uh, it's just it's difficult for me. I don't have the memory of Kel. It's difficult for me sometimes to tie back to things, but like 
things like this are opportunities. I did, you know, off the record, go back and listen to the pubis scene from Waterdeep. And we created that scene to to portray pubis as a plagiarist. Specifically, that's why we created oh, that yeah. scene. But the, ac- the, uh, the actual text of how that went down, pubis did not say that it was him that crafted. So mm-hmm. it left <laughs> that door open for that ideal argument, which means <sighs> Mark was not talking about it today. <laughs> Uh, it was it was so fun to go back and like look at some of this stuff and <clears throat> dude having having Dan talk to himself and, and Kevin I oh my I, god when I thought about the speaking it was sound, so I was like so indulgent. oh my gosh this might happen I can't I can't force it just let it be <laughs> you <laughs> opened the door incredible. and I said I, I can't do you that guys argue with yourselves it's it was so good masturbatory and I mean as a dungeon master I always I, shy away from it because I hate doing it. I hate doing a back and forth between my two NPCs talking, and then I watched you did it, and I went. I saw. I saw. I Kevin was like, "That was awesome." Let me get some of that too. <laughs> I said, "I, I said, I, I it's too indulgent, and I, I won't be able to look myself in the mirror if I let this opportunity go." <laughs> I love Bearjaw just making Florian just sweat bullets. <laughs> the most simple oh question uh, are you honoring she, your father? She started like, interrogating him. like, oh, oh man. Dude, Florian as a judge. Florian's right? on the He's stand like now. Getting knives and being like told slave collar stories and being like told by Bearjaw, like dynamic session for a